Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, this is a long time coming, but we are going to be talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. I'm sure all of you have been following along as we went from the regular theatrical cut of Justice League, which was just a doomed mess of a project, and then the whole rigmarole of people getting behind released the Snyder Cut, that being a thing that who in their right mind ever thought it was going to be an actual thing. And then here we are. It's a real thing. And nobody is as happy about that as my guest for this episode, our resident DC and Zack Snyder superfan, Chad Clinton Freeman. Chad's been with us since the beginning of Piecing It Together. He has been a huge Zack Snyder fan this whole time, and uh, I am very happy to have him here to get to talk about this movie with me. So that is coming up here in a second. If you're new to the podcast, or if you've been listening for a long time, but you just randomly download random episodes, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app. We're, of course, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, all the big podcast apps. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you like what we do here, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. And you can also share our show with your friends. That is the greatest thing in the world. When people share our show, it gets to all new listeners, and that's what we want to do. The more people we get listening, the more we're going to keep doing this. So thank you to everybody who's been out there and who has been sharing it, because we've had a lot of new listeners lately, and that is awesome. Uh, we also have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, which combines content from this podcast, Piecing It Together, as well as Awesome Movie Year, another movie podcast that I produce, and my music career. I am a music composer, uh, along with all this podcasting stuff. So lots of great content over on the Patreon, uh, as well as advanced episodes of Piecing It Together, bonus episodes, all kinds of stuff. So check out Produced by David Rosen. It's patreon.com slash by David Rosen. And last but not least, don't forget to follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, 
popcorn and puzzle pieces where it's been nothing but Zack Snyder and Justice League posts for the last couple of weeks now, thanks to Chad. So uh, we're, we're almost through. There's a lot of other movies out there. We're looking forward to talking about all those other movies. Uh, but once this goes up, maybe maybe the, the Justice League stuff will slow down just, just a tiny bit. But uh, we, we love talking about all kinds of movies in there. So, you know, with all that said... Let's finally get to it. Let's talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. All right, so the time has finally come, and Chad Clinton Freeman is back with us to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Chad, are you excited? Uh, I am very (laughs) excited. I have been all year long so far, uh, especially this month. I'm I'm kind of... uh... I guess giddy with excitement, still am. So I, I bet, I bet. It's hard to believe this day is finally here. Um, we're we're going to get into a lot of different stuff along the way in this conversation. And of course, lots and lots of puzzle pieces, I'm sure, in those notes you sent me a picture of. <laughs> um, but before we start getting into some of that, the question I wanted to kick this thing off with is you have been, you know, an ardent supporter of the whole release, the Snyder Cut thing. And of course, this is not quote-unquote, the Snyder Cut that fans talked about from the get-go, but it is Zack Snyder's vision. Why was it so important to finally get that, either the cut or just get his vision as as a new version of the movie? Well, I mean, uh, as far as why was it important is one... You know, he he started this back with with Man of Steel, really mm-hmm. kicked off the the whole current you know DC universe, and you know Justice League the way it existed with uh, Josh Whedon and what he did for me it was sufficient to to close that whole trilogy the uh, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. um, but for him i think uh, being able to actually have that closure i think it was part of what was really important also you knew it was going to be better uh (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) um so i mean i mean really i i I think a a lot of uh, fans of snyder we're we're, we feel connected in some ways. I think, I think anytime there's a, an artist that somebody connects with the, yeah. the fans do connect really, really strong with them. And so you feel that, that need for that closure for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and at the same time, you know, it's just going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, uh you know, uh, just, a, a a lot goes along with that. I think the, the story of, what we get and what justice league is about it fits in really well also with the reality of what's gone on with sure basically his daughter you know committing suicide mm-hmm. so he's got that loss and he's he's grieving there's a lot of uh, uh you know survivor's guilt uh, in the movie that's a, yeah. a lot of what is going on family's important with the movie um and overcoming things to do you know what basically you're you're sent here to do and to share your gifts and really i mean that whole is 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 a lot of what the movie's about so i mean i mean it's just a very very satisfying thing i i just knew it was going to be satisfying um and uh it's redemption for him as a director uh 
and I mean, I, I, in a lot of ways, a lot of people are now looking back at him as, as his career. And I think even though to me, this isn't his best movie, it's winning a lot of fans that weren't fans uh, sure. as yeah. well. So, uh, it's just a, a, a lot of things as far as why we wanted it. Um, cause we knew it was going to rule, but <laughs> yeah. that's the main thing, but there's a lot of satisfying things that came with that. Before we get into puzzle pieces, uh, one more follow-up question. You kind of touched on it a little bit in in that answer right there, and I know these two things are are very, very much linked together, but do you think the bulk of this groundswell of fan support is DC, Superman, Justice League fans, or is it Zack Snyder specifically fans that have like really rallied around this? Because obviously it's it's... It's a, a certain uh, subsection of, of nerd fandom culture altogether, but would you say it's more so on the DC side or the, the uh, Zack Snyder side? I would say that uh, there, there, there is a lot of, of DC uh, fans that have become Zack Snyder fans, mm-hmm. but I would also say that there are a lot of uh, Zack Snyder fans. Well, for me, example... I, I, I wasn't a huge DC fan. I've always mm-hmm. been a Superman fan. Of course, right. we did, you know, Superman the movie episode. Yeah. Uh, it's the first movie I ever saw as a, as a kid in a movie theater. So Superman was always a big thing for me. I'd kind of forgotten about Superman until Zack Snyder got back onto, uh, you know, the Superman train. Yeah. And Man of Steel didn't even win me over because it's not really a Zack Snyder movie. 100% I feel mm-hmm. it wasn't until Batman V Superman that I became a like remembering how big of a Superman fan I was right and I became this like DC nerd um because of Zack Snyder I I've I've gotten into graphic novels I've gotten into the animated movies um I blame him for me becoming a collector of still books and Funko Pops and all <laughs> sure. of these things I'm a huge Superman nerd now it's yeah. all because of him so I would think that a big part of it has is, is probably Zack Snyder fans yeah but I think there's a lot of spillover that when you when you come invested in you know um a, a director and what they do what they bring you, you also become very invested in, you know, as far as uh, 300, I instantly became, you know, a big fan of the graphic novel. I became a big fan of, of, uh, the, the, the history of the, the Spartans and everything. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. That's all part of it as well. Well, I think we should get into some puzzle pieces because I know you got a lot and I, my list is an absolute mess, but uh, we, <laughs> we'll figure it out along the way. Uh, what do you got for your first pieces here? Yeah, so I do have nine and a half pages. This is the most oh my God. amount of notes I've ever had. <laughs> well, for a four hour movie, I guess it makes sense. So, <laughs> so when we did the, the Wonder Woman 1984 episode, first time I had a song as a puzzle piece. Okay. And it was Michael Jackson's song, which Michael yeah. Jackson is uh, an, another artist that I connect with so greatly. So I was almost thinking that I was going to have a song as a puzzle piece this time for this movie, because there was a particular Michael Jackson song mm-hmm. that I connect with, one of my favorites that I thought I was going to use. Well, then I thought of a movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. And these, these two things connect. So it's a movie directed by Francis Ford Coppola. 
And I know you're thinking of a Francis Ford Coppola movie, and it's probably not the movie. Okay. I'm talking about <laughs> Captain EO, the Michael Jackson movie. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Captain EO, which um, also contains another part of me, the Michael Jackson song. That was the sure. song I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, and I actually rewatched Captain EO because it, it is on YouTube. Uh, sadly, it's not on Blu ray. Disney doesn't have it on Disney Plus. They need to get it on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, they really Blu-ray. do. I, I haven't seen that since I was a kid, and I, I <laughs> right, really want right. to watch it again. The song's the main, the main thing that, 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 made me think of it another part of me which is about it's an a a song about everyone uh being connected and coming together and uh you know basically love uniting people for you know what whatever this cause is he's 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 sending out you know in the song he says he's sending out a major a major love Mm -hmm. and this is our message to you um anyway in in the movie though it's uh, Michael's character, Captain EO, he's uh, the captain of this ship of uh, basically a group of misfits in a way. And they are on this mission to go to talk to uh, the queen of some, you know, planet. Um, and uh, Michael Jackson, you know, starts singing and dancing and he yeah. makes everything wonderful. But uh, <laughs> anyway, it, it's, it's really a silly piece. Um, the, the, the connection there is mostly just that song. Um, and um, it's Michael Jackson, though, so I just had to have it in here. Sure. I, I, that's a great one to, to kick it off with. Um, I, I thought for a second you were going to go with Hallelujah because we all know how much that inspires everything Zack Snyder does. But uh, but yeah, no, Captain yeah. EO, awesome. I need I need to see that again. Our, our Godfather, after I said Francis Ford Coppola, I knew for sure, sure you were going to be like, oh, he, he's saying Godfather. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe combining all three movies into one. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good one to uh, to kick it kick it off with. And uh, I'm going to go for my first puzzle piece with also a slightly unconventional one here. And this is a pretty obvious one, I think. But I'm going to go with the New Testament, the Bible, uh, Jesus in general, because. It's pretty clear that um, Superman here is very much Jesus in this particular arc of of these movies, and Zack Snyder is a filmmaker that I I like for his you know huge over the top visual style and the way that he uh, you know stages these insane action sequences and all that. Um, but he's not the most subtle filmmaker in the world, and he is very, very clear with this particular metaphor in the, these movies. And uh, I, I think a big part of even wanting to take on the the Superman story and and making these movies is to create this character who could be, you know, this savior character who you know, people don't believe in, and then they do believe in, and then he rises from the dead, and you know flies up and cross formation and it's just this big huge goosebumps moment for for the people who do believe and again it's not the most subtle thing in the world but i think it's a hundred percent there and i think the bible kind of imagery is something that Zack snyder is you know it's a big thing for him in general yeah no i i agree with you 100 percent um i would say anything religious and also 
uh, mythology um, mm-hmm. and in history. I, I think all of those things come into to, to play uh, with his films, and he definitely loves to 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 toy with uh, you know those different concepts and 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 give you visuals that connect with those things. Uh, yeah. I couldn't think of any specific, but I mean, I guess going straight to the original source, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly, is, is, is the best way to to make that connection in a way. Yeah. Also, also the oldest uh, puzzle piece I've got here today. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, that that actually would be a going to uh, go to the puzzle piece that I was gonna. It was one of my iffy kind of puzzle pieces, but it plays in good to this one. Okay. Um, and that's actually, uh, and I know I'm going to botch his name up, but uh, Alejandro Jaworski's The Holy Mountain. Okay. Jaworski, I love his movie, uh, Santa Sandre. Uh, this one, I, I'm still kind of iffy on what it is even about. But uh, basically, it's 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 basically Jesus and there are a lot of like it's layers and layers and layers of visuals and and metaphors and things and it doesn't really have any dialogue in the movie at all but Mm -hmm. uh jesus wakes up and then this little person that doesn't have legs or arms like becomes his like sidekick through this journey yeah. um that doesn't make a whole lot of sense but and then along the way it's almost kind of a team up there are like nine other people that join up with him and they're supposed to go on this journey to the holy mountain to get to immortality but it's not really a conventional movie at all and there's sure. all these weird visuals that are like uh, kind of beautiful, but then perverted and violent at the same time. Yeah. It's a very weird movie to describe, but <laughs> the way you were talking about um, the, uh, the 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 Bible and and just seeing the uh, you know the, the the visuals interpreted and 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 brought into you know the world of Superman, I think that that this one fits as well. Uh, it it was one I was actually kind of iffy on, but. One of the really cool things about it is uh, it was actually uh, funded partially by uh, John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. And uh, and George Harrison was was evidently going to star in it, uh, <laughs> but he didn't want to be nude, and there's a lot of nudity. <laughs> right. And so yeah. uh, Alejandro is actually the star of the movie, um, and it was uh, produced by a former manager of the Beatles. But uh, anyway, it's a yeah. it's a very bizarre movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but um, it's one that it's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm very I'm aware of it. I just have never actually seen it myself. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I love about doing the show is that we bring in the Holy Mountain to a discussion about Justice League is uh, awesome. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of a team up movie, but mm-hmm. again, it's it, and it's got the religious aspects. Yeah, it's a very bizarre movie, and I think you can probably make up anything that you want to interpret out of it (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i'll go on to another piece here and i i'm realizing some of my pieces are about the movie justice league in general and some of them are about the change in cut from you know the original justice league to Zack snyder's justice league this one's more about the latter there uh and that is peter jackson's version of king kong 
And basically the idea of his, his King Kong from 2003 is basically taking the exact same story as the original 1933 one and just fleshing out every single character's backstory into all of these fully formed characters. And you get so much more of uh, Denim. You get so much more of uh, uh, Faye Ray's character. Like, all of them. Every every person, even Jimmy, is, is an expanded character who was just like a little like side note in, in the original King Kong. Every character gets their own arcs and in the process doubles the length of the movie, of course, because, I mean, you need that time in order to be able to tell all these people's stories. But essentially, you're getting the exact same plot and the exact same story um, just completely expounded upon. And, you know, I I think there's a lot of changes uh, between these two movies. I think that's one thing that uh, you and I maybe disagree on a little bit about with with Zack Snyder's Justice League. I really do think it's a completely different movie. It just happens to have the exact same story. And whereas you think it is the exact same movie regardless, it just happens to be better. No, 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 no. Uh, Justice League, I'm totally on board. It's a totally different movie. Oh, okay, you are. It's 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 Batman v Superman, the theatrical cut and the extended cut. I feel are the same movie. People okay. like to argue that those are different movies. And I say, no, it's the same movie. Same. No, no, no. With this, totally different. I, I think uh, in seeing this cut versus the other cut, mm-hmm. everything that Ray Fisher has been gaslit on sure. the past several years of him, people saying, oh, no, Joss Whedon's not racist. And, oh, no, you weren't bullied. And you know, uh, things were not bad during this movie. I think that this completely shows uh, Josh Whedon's racism um, and his sexism. Mm. Um, uh, I think what you're saying, though, about the King Kong is is totally right. And Mm. not only does it, every character in this movie pretty much have an arc, or their arc comes to an end from the first two films. Uh, like yeah. Martian Manhunter, for example. He's not an important part of this movie, but his arc started in uh, Man of Steel and carried over to Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel it doesn't have any closure to or, or really a, a ending arc for Joker, but there's a redemption there, uh, I feel, for his character. So, again, there, there is a lot of uh, fleshing out of the characters of this whole universe and kind of wrapping them up in a way or yeah. redeeming them in a way. Um, and, and, and I get what you're saying there as far as um, uh, the, the comparison with the, the King Kong. And I, that, that totally makes sense to me. But no, no, no. This, this is a completely different movie than the, the Josh Whedon. Okay, I, good. I, I'm, I, when I would say something along those lines, I'm making fun of the people that are saying that. So, so I, I got, I, I got, I, I, so, I got your, your seriousness about Batman v Superman's alternate cut mixed up with your trolling <laughs> of the Justice League cut. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause no, I'm, I may post and be like, but it's the same movie, but yeah. that's just because I'm, I'm making fun of the people yeah. that say that. Sometimes, so. <laughs> sometimes difficult to spot a troll. But uh, all right, what do you got for your next piece? Well, I I, I think this goes into what we were uh, talking about. It kind of kind of plays into this. Um, I I was trying to think of other filmmakers that that bring in 
history and mythology um, and, 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 and pop culture and kind of fuse those into their work and specifically in their franchises. And I think I thought of um, Michael Bay's Transformers. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, they, of course, to me, not not nearly as well. In fact, I think his use is is pretty laughable. But <laughs> but as far as uh, how this one, you've got you know King Arthur, you've got uh, the Greek gods, uh, you you've you've got all of you've got Nazis, uh, you've got all of that in this film. Um, it just reminds me of a lot of, of Transformers. I, they, they very much blur together after the first one. Uh, yeah, but, it's hard to tell which one, what happened in each one. It's just all <laughs> one big nonsense craziness of six but movies the, or whatever. But the last one, which was like the, was it called like the last night the, or the something? The last night, yeah. Yeah. That one specifically with how it has the King Arthur elements throughout it, um, I I just really uh, connected. I would call that an an anti piece. I think I've heard people say before, <laughs> but uh, but but no Transformers. Uh, I I would think uh, you know um, some people compare Michael Bay to Zack Snyder. I say they're complete opposites, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I think in this regard, uh, their 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 love of um, mythology and uh, you know George Lucas is another though, but I think there is some comparison there with them wanting to uh, just play with these different uh, elements that we all already know about, uh, yeah. and then in 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 uh, you know distort them and and interpret them into you know whatever story they're wanting to tell yeah for sure i i I did think about transformers i didn't have it on my list so i'm glad you brought it up because yeah that those movies they just go so crazy hard on all of these ideas and throwing them all together and the last night is not only the culmination of that particular series of you know the michael bay ones but um you know, of it just getting as crazy as possible. And that's a good lead up to another one of my puzzle pieces, which I think you'll disagree with me a little bit on. Um, But part of the reason I liked Zack Snyder's Justice League so much is I think it is partially inspired by another movie within the DC universe called Aquaman that you know I love and is currently my favorite DC movie still. Um, but oh, Aqu- Aquaman and any of the DC movies are really inspired by what, you know, Zack Snyder, you know, laid the groundwork for, but Aquaman then took that and went as fucking far as humanly possible into the insane batshit world of what James Wan put together in that movie. And I think now, Zack Snyder, don't get me wrong, is known for some insane over-the-top stuff in his films, but I think he looked at what James Wan did and said, okay, I got to turn it up a notch <laughs> in my Justice League movie, because that's why I love this so much. I mean, I, I think it's great that we get the expanded uh, you know, character arcs and, and, and all of these stories pulling together, and the fact that Zack Snyder was able to balance a four-hour movie and make it you know, fly by so quick. I mean, that gets a lot of credit as well. I mean, he, he has made a good movie here, but 
what I love so much about it is the action scenes are insane in this movie. And I really think it's Zack Snyder just firing on all cylinders, doing what Zack Snyder does best in action, but even kicking it up a notch from there. And I'm kind of, you know me, I'm not super big on just like a straightforward action movie. I want action that's over the top and nuts. And that's why I love Aquaman so much. And that's why I love the action sequences in this so much. Okay. I, 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 I kind of, so if what you were saying at first, you threw me off because, okay. uh, <laughs> I get, I get, I get where you're going though with the, with the action. Um, especially, uh, you're probably, uh, talking specifically with Aquaman one, there's, uh, the, the big, uh, fight between him and his brother. Mm-hmm. And then also the, the scene where they, uh, they get attacked uh, in the trench or whatever, uh, oh, that and, one, and it's yep. all of the the the, the monsters swarm the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, definitely with this movie, the the action scenes are they're amazing. They're they're from you know they're and they're, they're crazy, absolutely they're... <laughs> fantastic. Yes, they are. Um, if you if you hate Zack Snyder's slow motion, which I know a lot of people do, mm-hmm. then. Maybe this one expands that enough, though, that they can actually see where that slow motion fits and maybe uh, people can still appreciate it. I don't know. But, yeah, um, there's definitely, um, you know, because you basically get the same action sequences from Justice League. The only one that is almost the same would be when Superman is fighting the Justice League. That one's still expanded a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But the one where... They take on Stephen Wolf for the first time. Yeah, that that scene is just—it's it, it, expanded so much and is just—you know—it is crazily great. Oh, and yeah. then also that final battle as well, um, uh, with of course uh, decapitation, which. <laughs> Finally, we get Zack Snyder back to decapitating somebody. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that was one of the first um, uh, art uh, like uh, reveals that Zack did long ago. And mm-hmm. we, were, we were after the Justice League movie came out, everybody was like, wait, where, where was Wonder Woman decapitating um, Steppenwolf? That didn't sure, happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that I I get I get now I guess your your love of Aquaman because I always thought it was just the the corny and hamminess of it which I cannot stand. Yeah, the direction yeah. of it is very I feel corny. But again, a lot of that is that that personality of Aquaman because sure. there's some of that still in this version of Justice League, like when he does the little surf. Uh, on top of the parademon yeah and yeah. Then when he gets to the bottom there's this little hair twirl or hair flip and it's like yeah he's no, a no, goofy no, character <laughs> <laughs> he just is you know uh but but yeah it, it's it's just crazy some of these action action sequences and that actually is one quick aside before we get to your next puzzle piece um something during this whole uh you know snyder cut thing Watching this movie and seeing so many more action beats, it really kind of confused me a little bit. And I'll have to like actually sit down and watch some of those. Like, I know there's like a HBO Max documentary, like a short documentary or something. And I, I'm curious as to how much of this was shot, how much of it is just all in the effects version, or like what exactly happened. Because 
I don't see how there could be that much more action shots. It would seem like that's the most expensive stuff to do. It would seem like they need more than $70 million to make all these new action beats. Well, I mean, so that's the thing is that I think a lot of it was uh, completed as far as how it was shot. It it was just that, again, there there are some things of where does the effect come in and what was actually... Um, I agree with you on that. I, I don't really know with this kind it's of so movie. so hard to say. Watching um, it, it's like, where the hell was all this? Because the fact that, that Warner Brothers would throw this stuff away, I mean, just these insanely like cheering at the screen action moments is just totally nuts. Well, you, you got to remember that they all they were thinking was two hours deadline. That's yeah. all they cared about. Right. That Two hours deadline. <laughs> they they wanted that movie released that year, no matter what. Yeah. So, and a, again, that just brings up a good point, though, because I was saying uh, we're going to jump over to Wonder Woman 1984 real quick, because okay. I was saying they should have pushed that movie back. And everyone was like, no, they can't push it back. And I'm like, they should have pushed that movie back. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect example of... Justice League should have been pushed back. It should have been pushed back at least a year. When things happen, things happen like family emergencies. Things happen like pandemics. Mm -hmm. It's okay to push movies back. It is okay. Now, this BS of studios having to release it, it's all because the executives are getting bonuses that if that gets pushed back, they're not going to get that money in their bank. That's all it is. That's why Wonder Woman was released on December 25th, just before the new year, conveniently. Why? Because that money in the bank had to happen before within that year. There's Mm -hmm. a timeline and there's a time frame. And, and that's part of the BS. Wonder Woman 1984 would have probably been a, a stronger movie uh, visually. A lot of people complain about the effects because she could have worked on it even more Yeah, if they'd have just pushed it back to the pandemic was over. But anyway, we probably would have got a good justice league movie. We would have got a a better and also at a theater version of 1984. But anyway, I'll, I'll I'll stop on that. Well, what do you got for your next piece? I'm going to go with one of my favorites, and that's Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. First off, uh, you've got the, you know, uh, Cyborg, uh, obviously, is a a big uh, 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 Frankenstein-inspired character from the Um, get-go. And, you know... His name's Victor, so uh, can't be more <laughs> obvious there. Um, and you, but uh, you've you've got uh, the the quote that he says to his dad about you know you know uh, a lot about uh, monsters, don't you? Uh, especially how to create them. Um, and then you've got uh, Cyborg and the Flash uh, digging up. Uh, Superman. So you've got the whole grave digger scene there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Frankenstein, um, one, one of my favorites, uh, I, you know, again, it's just one of those pop cultural references. Of course, it's embedded into that character, but I think, um, and specifically having him say that line to his father and also having him be one of the ones digging up Superman, really uh brings in that reference and that influence 
Yeah, absolutely. He is definitely the Frankenstein character here, and there's there's a lot of um, you know pathos to to the character to his story. And I, I guess I wasn't gonna include it on my list, but I told you before we started recording, I was trying to figure out how to fit Freddy vs. Jason into uh, my puzzle pieces list. So I <laughs> guess I guess I'll go to that because I think it it, it comes uh, it comes in great to go along with Frankenstein. Uh, and and of course the the reason why is because uh, in Freddy vs. Jason, and this is absolutely ridiculous, but the, the teenagers, they they want to use Jason to, to fight Freddy, basically. They need him to fight Freddy. And while they don't bring him back to life like we do uh, Superman, he is this completely, uh, you know, unpredictable, and they, they can't control him, just totally uncontrollable character once he is brought back to life, whereas in Freddy vs. Jason, it is Jason who is completely unpredictable and uncontrollable once he's brought back to life, and, you know, all all their hopes are, are pinned on this guy, and he comes back and just starts tearing shit up, and... <laughs> <laughs> it is uh it is not necessarily the best plan but it's the only plan and i and i actually love that as a puzzle piece um i for whatever reason didn't even think about it but no <laughs> i i think that's a fantastic puzzle piece it it was outside of the original you know uh frankenstein meets movies mm-hmm. that happened uh many years ago freddie versus jason was the the big uh, versus movie before batman v superman sure um so i i think it it works well just uh uh, together with this franchise and then also specifically uh with that um bringing them back for you know uh is it is it a good is it a good idea and (laughs) uh is it going to work um and then the kind of backfire uh that they have to deal with as well yeah no I, i think that's a great one Awesome. Well, what do you got next? I'm going to go to another director, one that I really love. He has stumbled with some recent films, but uh, Quentin Tarantino, um, Mm. his first movie, Reservoir Dogs. Okay. So first off, it's a putting a team together movie. And that's what this is, is a putting a team together movie. Um, uh, Reservoir Dogs uh, features a heist. This one features a heist, and and it is actually a heist of breaking in with a dead person's body, so it's a little bit different. Sure. Um, But the big one that really uh, keyed me into Reservoir Dogs was the scene where it's the first time when they're together, um, the, the team without Superman, and they're talking, and we get this spinning camera around the team. Um, oh, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll, it'll spin on these two, it'll spin on this one, and then it'll come back around. It just reminded me a lot of the opening of Reservoir Dogs, which, of course, Tarantino is known for, for lifting concepts and ideas from people. So I honestly can't tell you if, if that's from specifically something else. Sure. Uh, um, I mean, I, I, I think we get that a lot of times with any big, uh, or at least in my head, like maybe, uh, Goodfellas or something, you know, any, mm. a, 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 I know with Reservoir Dogs, it's kind of stuck in my head that that is a, a, a mafia movie thing. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, Reservoir Dogs, uh, was the, the big one. Not only that though, you also get, the the flashbacks that give you a backstory to each sort of character um so yeah. uh is this is almost like the superhero 
a reservoir dogs in a way. I like it. I like it. It's a great piece. I, I love Reservoir Dogs. And uh, yeah, I mean, all these characters, they, they all have their, their stories. They all kind of twist and turn together and they all, you know, kind of end up uh, working. Of course, a, we get a, a much happier ending here um, with Justice League, though. Well, well, that's the thing is that probably the alternate timeline, which we see a piece of. Sure. Is... Yeah, that, that's, so. the, that's the Reservoir Dogs ending. That's what happens next. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, I'll go to another piece here, and I could probably split these apart, but uh, I'm just going to combine them together, and that is, I talked about Peter Jackson earlier with his King Kong, but I'm going to go with his Lord of the Rings movies, specifically The Two Towers, bringing Gandalf back to light. And, uh, you know, it's all white where here we got Superman all black and, you know, he's now the big hero and all that stuff. And then uh, continuing on to the return of the king, which uh, all Zack Snyder jokes aside, Chad, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the in return of the king. You know, they all have to work together and we got all these all these different people who have their uh, their very specific powers and their specific uh, abilities to really like go in and fight this ultimate evil that there's no way any of them could have done it on their own. But with everybody working together, they're able to, uh, you know, finally do it and, 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 and win the day. And then the, the last comparison I have also within Return of the King is the four or five endings one after another as the movie just keeps going and going and going. But uh, actually done much better here in Justice League, I'll say. Well, here's a confession. I've actually not seen Lord of the Rings, any of them yet. You haven't uh, seen any of them, yeah. That's no. uh, that's, that's um, wild. I've seen the Hobbit movies. Uh... Even wilder. <laughs> <laughs> and i actually like the hobbit movies um i just haven't because uh, i want to make sure that i see the uh extended versions um and i know they're on hbo max now uh, of course i was going to and then i i, I purposely canceled hbo max because i got it for wonder woman canceled sure. it i got it just before justice league was released because i'm sending a message okay you're doing your duty um, chad <laughs> <laughs> so maybe now, though, I, that I have it this month before, you know, King Kong Godzilla comes out, I will watch The Lord of the Rings. Nice. Um, we'll see. But Yeah, uh, I actually no, have I, to rewatch Return of the King for an awesome movie year uh, episode because it was the best picture of the year that we're currently doing. Uh, and I'm debating whether or not I really want to spend like 12 hours just rewatching them all. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think I have that kind of time, but we'll see. <laughs> What do you got next? You know what? It'll be, this is a good one to go from there. Um, uh, and and uh, I was just talking about Reservoir Dogs. It goes with it as well. Um, and that's Sam, Seven Samurai, uh, the mm. original um, team-up movie, basically. The movie that uh, inspired Magnificent Seven mm. and tons and tons of other films. Uh, Seven Samurai um, uh, is about, it's an invasion movie. Uh, it's about a village uh, being invaded um, and they go out and they seek a team of samurais to uh, help save their village. Um, one of the things specifically though with uh, Justice League that reminds me is uh, the scene where uh, Bruce Wayne uh, recruits uh, Barry Allen, um, the way he tests him, he he throws the the battering 
at yeah. him. Um, and he moves out of the way. He, he, he catches it. Uh, Seven Samurai, what they would do, uh, they had a young, like, apprentice samurai who would actually hide behind the door. So when the, the samurais would walk in, he would try to attack them with a stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, the guy's like, well, what if, you know what if they don't stop me? And he's like, well, if they're good, they're going to stop you. So it's basically that same concept with uh, uh, Barry Allen, which I I remember the time when the first uh, like uh, trailers came out for that moment. um, Because of, you know, way back in like probably 2016, those, those trailers where he would throw it and then Barry would catch it. Uh, The joke online was how many kids did Bruce Wayne kill before he found Barry Allen? <laughs> like, like, like he, he threw it at him and they're, no, they're not the flash. Okay. Well, on to the next one. <laughs> but, uh, but no, um, seven Samurai is a, a, a classic movie. Um, I, I believe, uh, made in the fifties. Um, and Zack Snyder said before that that is one of, uh, his favorite films. Uh, in fact, I noticed on HBO max, uh, they actually have a playlist that Zack Snyder created, um, which I'm going to go through and watch some of these movies, but seven samurai is on there. Nice. Um, the matrix on there. I haven't seen the matrix yet, which there's a little trailer of Zack talking about all these movies um and he said the matrix when he saw the matrix trailer for the first time he said it pissed him off and made him so mad because he was like man that movie is gonna be so good yeah. it was like he he didn't do it first kind of thing so yeah yeah that, that's he he loves his slow-mo and uh those that's the only person that does it better the wachowskis but um yeah, I, I, I like that as a puzzle piece. And as far as team-ups concerned, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I think makes, uh, you know, Justice League so good is the fact that, you know, all these superheroes, except Superman, um, they need each other. You know, Superman is just completely, you know, invincible, basically, <laughs> and just so, so crazy powerful. But that's why they got to keep him out of the movie for, you know, three quarters of right, it. Right, right. So, uh, <laughs> well, and and that's the thing is that when, when he, when he shows up and he is just beating the crap out of Steppenwolf, that, yeah. that is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I love though that, that, you know, for a moment, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are like, kind of just taking it in of him beating yeah. his ass and then they get in on it. But, uh, but no, yeah. Um, th- this movie, w- the great thing about it as far as a team up movie is that they actually show the team playing to everybody's strengths. It's actually right. one of those to where, um, they, what it reminded me of, and I'll, I'll just throw this in as a quick puzzle piece is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is one of the things that Splinter, it, it, since the cartoons, so there's not any specific thing that I could think of, but Splinter is always telling them they all have strengths. They all need to play to their strength. They need to play together. Sure. Um, yeah. And that's what they do here. Uh, you know, you've got uh, Batman taking care of the, the, the tech side of things with uh you know he's got the big gun (laughs) shooting people uh you've got um uh you know cyborg doing his uh his digital thing with the with the mother boxes you Mm -hmm. got barry uh getting the charge going um you've got wonder woman just kicking ass right exactly (laughs) (laughs) 
you got Aquaman looking pretty. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 you know, and and being excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so best. no, yeah, uh, they they actually do play to their to their strengths and work uh, as a as a team by doing what they do best. So it's yeah. uh, one of the great team up movies in that respect. Well, that is a good uh, setup for my next set of pieces here. I'm going to start some nerd wars here, but the next puzzle pieces is, of course, the Avengers movies uh, from Marvel. And, of course, I'm directed by Joss Whedon. But um, really going through the entire, you know, Avengers series um, of the main Avengers movies, uh, straight through Endgame, you've got so many little bits and pieces of similar things happening within this movie but i would say the important thing is that this like you were just saying really plays to the strengths of each of those members instead of just being an excuse to get them all on screen is seems to be like kind of the the general idea of the avengers movies but to some very specific comparisons though you know of course the mother boxes are basically infinity stones it's kind of the same concept that's all from the comics though i'm sure infinity war ending on you know a a a big cliffhanger which of course justice league does but at the same time it ends on oh they solve that cliffhanger and save the day after all but then there's still a cliffhanger so it's kind of like a mix of both ending on that infinity war cliffhanger and solving that with an end game so th- th- there's a lot going on between you know it's a four-hour movie of course there's a lot going on one other thing is in end game they in you know they basically are, are beaten but they have to kind of devise this whole plan to go back in time to be able to get that second chance at winning which of course Barry Allen is able to uh, run backwards so fast or however exactly it works to be able to go back in time and give them that second chance at beating uh, Steppenwolf. So I, there's lots of little things, little touches that that feel like they are similar to things that happen within the Avengers. But again, that all comes back to this being this huge over-the-top superhero story with these larger-than-life heroes battling these intergalactic alien monster forces and so a lot of it kind of draws from the same similar kind of inspiration as as each other basically yeah no exactly i i i totally uh, uh feel you there and just so you know dark side evidently and i'm not a big comic guy but dark side predates thanos okay by like three to four years so well that's okay because <laughs> i hadn't heard of either of them until these movies so <laughs> um yeah so i mean that's the thing is that uh, i i still uh i've never been big into comics um even as a kid when i loved superman my love of superman was uh george reeves with the old black and white tv show and christopher reeve um I honestly hadn't got into the animated side or the the graphic novel side until uh you know uh, basically I fell in love with uh Zack Snyder's Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Um so um I'm just now kind of getting I've kind of gone backwards in a way of getting more geekier and more nerdy into that stuff. Yeah. Uh, like for example, I, I, I didn't know who, uh, uh, Ryan Cho was whenever 
that character, I knew that was somebody. Right. Uh, and then when they said his name, I'm like, who is that? So anyway, that's the Adam. And um, evidently, Zack Snyder had actually pitched to Warner Brothers a a feature film for the Adam. Um, and uh, that, of course, got shot down. But... Sure. Um, <laughs> Which brings me, though, inclusion is a very, very important part of uh, Justice League, I think, mm -hmm. overall as a movie, uh, going back also to Josh Whedon's racism, uh, the sure. fact that that character was cut out completely, it kind of uh, shows you this. As far as Endgame, um, you know, Endgame, which I did like, um, it was actually the first of the like Avenger movies that I had ever seen. I hadn't seen any of the previous ones. Yeah. Um, Endgame uh, was definitely the strength of it was with Thanos and him being a, a likable villain. Um, I would say here we get a villain that isn't necessarily likable, but I think at the same time, uh, you you understand because sure. in many ways he 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 is he is working sort of in the same realm as everybody else because if you think about it and here's the thing I didn't know this but um, Darkseid is his uncle so that is family so mm. the family is a big piece of this movie and loyalty is also another big piece and so he's just trying to please his family and he's trying to do what is right uh coming from you know where he's come from basically yeah. his family um and that's basically the same thing that's the whole thing that um superman has always been just trying to do right by you know his 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 real dad and his adopted dad um and batman is always trying to do right by his parents um, and then you've even got the tag on of him trying to do right by his, uh, son that he adopted, which Joker has killed. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of layers as far as family. And then I think, um, Stefan Wolf is paralleling that in many ways. So, yeah, um, yeah. as far as having a, a, a villain, um, he's not as likable as, uh, Thanos, but he's definitely, I think, um, relatable and i think yeah. that he's on the he's almost it's almost that same thing of him being on the same page of uh he's he's just doing what they're doing but it's just in a different way which sure. i think that's how all great villains are so i think you know stefan wolf is a really cool and nasty looking villain he's very slick especially uh, in this version yes <laughs> yeah and i and i will say just as a quick aside i mean you know obviously this movie I, it's not perfect by by any means even though i i did love it but i think you know definitely one of the problems this whole dc universe has is you know a villain problem but that dates back to the comic books i just don't think that they're as interesting the these uh you know alien type monster characters and i don't know i i would have liked to have seen in in a a better timeline where Zack snyder got to actually develop all this stuff I'd have liked to have seen like a kind of in between on the way towards dark side and all that, you know, maybe some kind of human villain or, you know, something more, you know, maybe some more with uh, Lex Luthor, you know, along the way, you know, just not just jumping right to, Oh, the most powerful being in the, in the entire universe is who, you know, we're fighting in 
the third movie already. I got you. Yeah. That's I think a lot of the the the, the complaints of people who wanted the a Man of Steel two, people still kind of wanted the superman to save the cat from the tree type deal uh yeah i I'd go a little <laughs> a step above a cat but yeah i i i'm, I'm with those people um all right what do you got for your next piece well i i what i was talking about as far as family and whatnot uh this plays into that really well i'll go with a, a tv series uh and that's dexter um hmm. dexter uh, what what makes him as a character um, is, you know, his uh, adopted father's code that he has instilled in him, um, much like this code that, uh, you know, uh, Jonathan Kent has instilled into Superman, uh, this this morality. Um, and then also at the same time, uh, the, the death of Dexter's mother is a, one of the things that plays a big part of him. And that's, uh, very much, uh, you know, a big part of, of Batman. Um, um, there's this, uh, loyalty also to, uh, family and Dexter is his sister. Um, and, uh, it's this balance of those three things, uh, that kind of keeps him grounded, even though he still is, you know, a, a, a psychopath that goes around killing people, but yeah. he, he's able to stay grounded by this code that his father gave him. And then also this, this love and loyalty to his sister of I'm going to do right because it's the right thing to do. Uh, I think in, in many ways that's, uh, throughout a lot of, uh, the DC movies specifically with, I think it's grounded in DC really with uh, the way Batman is and the way uh, Superman is. And I think mm -hmm. in, in many ways, I think Dexter kind of took that and turned that into a, a more grounded person. And he's very much a superhero, uh, but a villain in one. And uh, what makes that show to me is one of my favorites. It's my yeah. number two favorite all time, which is coming back. Uh, and I'm excited for it. And I'm, I'm glad to, to be able to bring up Dexter in this episode because yeah, yeah. Uh, I just love Dexter. But awesome. uh, <laughs> also, I, I think also at the same time, I think, I think Survivor's guilt is, uh, is something that I think drives Dexter uh, very much. Um, and I think that in a lot of ways it drives, it drives Batman. It, it, it drives, it drives this version of Superman, especially, uh, the way his father died. Um, yeah. it, it drives, uh, Victor, uh, cyborg with, sure. yeah. um, his mother dying in the accident. And then also his, his, his father sacrificing himself and it, it drives, uh, the flash, uh, which we only get a little bit of that, but you know, his mother also, uh, being murdered. So, yeah. um, and, and then also it, it drives uh, Wonder Woman in this film because she doesn't know what devastation has been done to, uh, the Amazonians, but he, he says that, you know, he's basically slaughtered them all. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, she doesn't fully believe him, but it, it definitely is uh, something that drives her. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I haven't actually seen Dexter, but, uh, you know, so I can't speak to that specifically, but definitely, you know, grounding all these superheroes in some form of 
you know, reality is definitely, I think, a driving force of what Zack Snyder is going for with this entire series. And uh, is, you know, even as insane and over the top as all this gets and fighting intergalactic aliens and parademons and all that, the the characters themselves, they are all still grounded uh, in in a very real way. Definitely. You got to see Dexter. All right. All right. You got to see Dexter. (laughs) Well, I only got one more piece and it's kind of a silly one, but uh, I'm going to get to that. Silly's good. Silly's good. Silly works sometimes. Uh, That piece is 2020's Sonic the Hedgehog. And (laughs) (laughs) which aside from Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, it's the only other example I could think of, of, major movie studios bending to the will of the internet and doing the thing that fans all banded together and asked for them to do. In the case of Sonic, it was after the initial trailer came out and everyone said, what the hell is this? That does not look like Sonic the Hedgehog at all. They delayed the movie. They redid all of the effects. And look what happened. It turned into a huge hit, actually. And we've got Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming out next year already. And uh, this movie podcaster freaking loved the movie. And it was one of my favorite movies of last year. You know, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Also, they actually, believe it or not, world, everybody thought it was such a joke, the whole release the Snyder Cut thing. But it actually happened for various behind the scenes reasons. But it, it actually did happen. And now we're here. And it turns out, if you look at the uh, you know Rotten Tomatoes scores and all that, the audience scores, even the critics scores, it seems everybody is really liking it so much more than the version that originally came out. I don't know that it's a healthy thing going forward to always listen to fans about what it is they want and make decisions based on that. I think that there is a a lot more cases where uh, it's probably better for the professionals to have the, you know, the ideas and run with what they want to do. But in these two cases, it turned out that the fans were right. I'm going to kind of kind of agree kind of disagree here okay okay <laughs> okay so one i'm waiting on that episode i i understand there's an episode with you and uh and ryan in the yes. works for sonic I'm, I'm still waiting on that episode before It'll i decide happen. if i want to watch it um <laughs> <laughs> i don't see the difference between the original sonic trailer and the one that we got it both had uh-huh. jim carrey being jim carrey um and that's what <laughs> makes me not want to see it right but right. no i mean um I, I i think there's there's definitely a balance that should be had of if if fans are saying something um i think they should take note it doesn't necessarily mean that they need to listen and i think that fans need to realize that because I'll, I'll be honest, when the, when the whole release the Snyder Cut thing started off, um, I I I didn't think no way in hell this would ever yeah. happen. And right. um, me honestly, I never was at all serious of, about that uh, until he basically did say, "Yes, I've got a cut." Once he yeah, said, "Yeah, it was he a joke," a cut, until it wasn't a joke. Yeah, until he said, "I have a cut." Mm-hmm. That at that point, um, which was several years in, <laughs> yeah, did I finally say, "Okay, yeah," um, but still at the same time, I mean, because you know, you at the same time, there's the the bad the bad side of this because you've got. 
people yelling to, to ban cuties. You got people yelling to, you know, uh, uh, fire Gina Carano. Um, mm. And of course, they, they want to cancel Henry Cavill uh, because he once dated uh, Gina Carano. So uh, wow. <laughs> there's a lots of... That's uh, a lots stretch of, right there. Uh, no, it's, trust me, it was a thing. So uh, uh, there's, um, there, 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 there's a balance there. And um, what I think, though, is important and this might this might be the same thing with with sonic because i don't know the 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 back end of that story but studios need to learn that if they hire somebody to do a job let them do that job now at the same time that's where i feel bad in that that solo movie like Mm. disney's the worst at this uh but they know exactly what it is they they want whereas warner brothers doesn't know what they want so (laughs) they don't know what they want and if they hire somebody they should let them complete that job but uh they haven't done that at all from the get-go uh because batman v superman you know and then the suicide squad uh it's just been a mess of going all over the place with warner brothers and dc yeah um but uh so i'm kind of mixed on that whole uh, thing but uh I, I i agree with you there is some merit but at the same time it could be a slippery know. slope yeah definitely. yeah all right well that was my last piece so um I, I know you probably have a whole bunch left, so... I, I, I do, but I, I can really go into a bunch of these... Let's with, speed uh, around uh, it. Yeah, so um, one of the big ones was is uh, the the scene we have, uh, the flashback with uh, Victor uh, when he's playing for, I don't know, Gotham State College or something. I don't, I don't even know what the... I, it was like GCU or G... It, but it, anyway, when he was yeah. playing football, that scene was so epic. And I was like, I, I couldn't think of what other, like, football scene was as epic as that and the one that the one that came to mind for me was actually the last boy scout uh (laughs) the last boy scout i remember that scene in the theater because i had no idea that was coming but the last boy scout shane black written movie yeah uh uh, tony scott directed is such an epic movie and that that scene is just so epic and i went back and rewatched that scene um it, it it's pouring rain which in this one we've got snow Mm -hmm. um and you've got the slow-mo of course he's not cyborg yet so he doesn't pull out a gun and shoot people like in last boy scout but sure anyway as far as football scenes uh, last boy scout is the most epic one and this one just uh, reminded me of that Uh, awesome so i was gonna say star wars and i'll get a point to specifics uh, you know i think the star Wars franchise in general, but I think star Wars specifically a new hope. Um, Batman is very much Luke Skywalker. Um, you've got the scene early on when they go to fight, uh, Stephen Wolf for the first time and they all fly across the bridge. He shoots the gun and does the swing like, uh, Luke Skywalker. Mm. Then at the end, uh, he's in, um, you know, his whatever flying machine. And he's the one that takes down the dome by shooting it uh, a lot like Luke Skywalker at yeah, the end sure. of Star Wars. So uh, very much Batman is the, the the Luke Skywalker of this movie. Yeah. Terminator 2, I think, is a, a big influence here. Um, I think Terminator 2 is a big influence, probably Star Wars as well, with, with Snyder in general. 
um, you know, especially the, the opening of Terminator two, where everything, you know, has gone to hell on earth, uh, it's machines and there's all of these bones. Uh, there was a moment in man of steel that's very much like that. Um, sure. and, uh, just in general, those, the look of Stefan Wolf, uh, the, the look of the parademons, um, to me, it all just screams, uh, Terminator two. Another big movie I had down was uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, specifically any of the stuff with the uh, Diana when she goes uh, to the ruins and then she goes, you know, and puts the, the arrow into the wall and it opens up the secret room. Um, not only that, but uh, when we have the Amazonians and she's got the mother box and she slides underneath the uh, the closing door. All very rare, so they'll all start. Of course, these sure. are huge, epic uh, all adventure of movies of our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Excalibur, which of course is one of the big influences of Zack Snyder. Um, the um, uh, there, there's actually a, a bit of dialogue when they ignite the mother box to bring Superman back. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the system actually says. The future has taken root in the present. That's actually mm-hmm. a quote from Excalibur. That's something that Merlin says oh, okay. uh, at the birth of uh, King Arthur. So, um, and not only that, with Excalibur, you got the 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 King Arthur influence. Uh, well, at least it's it's assumed that he's one of those humans that we see um, in the in the battle that also buries the mother box. Um, and then also the big round table bit with the, uh, you know, Justice League. I think King sure. Arthur is a, is a big influence anyway, I think with Justice League in general, as far as going back to comics, but Excalibur is a huge influence on Snyder. Um, Definitely. and, um, you know, I, I, I would love to see a, a Zack Snyder King Arthur movie. How much different would it be than a Guy Ritchie, uh, King Arthur movie? It would be more less dialogue more action but uh it'd be great it'd be another great uh king author movie i'm sure again i i don't know the uh the comics but uh what i did to get ready for this film i actually rewatched all nine of the the dc movies including uh-huh. joker which everyone's like joker's not canon well this movie's not canon they've right. Zack snyder's already said this movie is not canon yeah, so we've already just, established that Warner Brothers doesn't know what they're doing. So, right. I mean, there's no canon. <laughs> so, Joker is in the DC ranking. Um, and anyway, I rewatched all of them. I rewatched those and I watched eight of the DC animated movies. I got a, a, a Superman box set for Christmas and I, I, I'd seen some of them, some of my hat. And so I rewatched. Um, and in doing so, I got some animated puzzle pieces that I can mention here. Okay. I've got, you're going to get me some nerd cred here with this. Yeah. So thank you. (laughs) So super, super, Superman doomsday, which was one of them. And in it, Superman basically is brought back to life. He sports the black suit. The black suit helps him absorb our son's rays and helps him heal of course they don't Mm. go into that but that's one of the things it's not only that it's you know uh what his 
uh, father and and people on his planet war. So in a way, right. uh, you you've got this animated super, Superman Doomsday, and then also that's kind of a nod in many ways to the original Superman uh, movie as well. Sure. Um, and Superman Batman Apocalypse, which has Dark Side in it, um, and not not specifically with that set though, but you had the Flashpoint film that I'd seen a little while back too, which actually, you know, features Barry uh, going back in time and he screws things up, which we're going to get more of that with his movie, which sure. is actually going to happen, which is exciting. But to get a little bit of piece of that, uh, I think really helped to set up his solo movie. Um, I think the flash is great in this movie. Um, yeah. And the fact that we actually get to see him do uh, what he uh, can do and and not only that this movie left it kind of open-ended of we don't know what got screwed up in that little bit of time frame some things sure. may have been and we don't know 100 the superman is all right either we don't know um yeah so where does that nightmare come from does does, does that actually come from you know what has been done already or is it you know something to happen right pacific rim is another big one because uh pacific rim uh del toro another one of my favorite directors um that's a film that very much deals with uh, survivor's guilt and in learning to basically uh, channel that into something positive and uh continuing on with your work and 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 bringing good um mm -hmm. and uh that's what this movie says that's what this movie does even you know for uh snyder uh which i posted on my facebook i don't know if you saw it but there's actually a a billboard for uh suicide prevention when yeah, uh, yeah. when uh batman uh picks up barry allen the first time i seen it and he we see the car leave and i'm like why, why do we actually see this car leaving? And then later when I rewatched it, there's a billboard there for suicide prevention. That's um, cool. and, uh, you know, cause that's been one of the big things that is also done with this whole, uh, release the Snyder cut movement is there's been a lot of money raised for suicide prevention. Yeah. Of course there were, uh, t-shirts sold for, um, is it ink by the people, I believe. Um, and I've got my hat from there. I've got a hoodie on the way. Uh, and prior to that, years ago, I had gotten a, a T-shirt that actually has uh, Zack Snyder's original, like, uh, idea for what the DC universe was with all the different characters and how they kind of fit together. Nice. Um, but, and I'm just kind of rambling. Oh, uh, Martian Manhunter, um, the Man of Tomorrow uh, animated film. Also, Martian Manhunter, um, he's in the Supergirl series. Uh, he's a great character, Martian Manhunter. And the fact that he was there for, before our eyes with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, and none of us realized it until basically Zack Snyder said, yeah, that's Martian Manhunter. I mean, going back and rewatching um uh, both of those films, it's so obvious to me that that's Martian Manhunter, but um uh, I really love that he gets, you know, his uh you know, he's just basically tacked on here. But yeah. it, it's it's great. That's one of those things for fans that's just like so satisfying. I'll have to take your word for it on uh, the Martian Manhunter stuff cuz I had <laughs> no clue who that was, but I'm glad the fans got a little something that they uh 
that they like to see. I just want to jump back really quickly to one of the uh, pieces that you mentioned in that little speed round, uh, Terminator 2. Of course, mm-hmm. also uh, Silas Stone, Miles Dyson, Joe Morton, same actor. Oh, um, you know, playing yes, playing yes. a lab technician dealing with futuristic alien, you know, technology. Well, robot technology, I guess, and Terminator. But um, yeah, very very similar. I bet you that's that's some meta casting right there. I oh yeah, you. definitely it has to be has to be. No, that's awesome. Oh, one, 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 one other thing uh, that I also watch beforehand because uh, in getting ready for this, I was like, "What are some of the the black superhero movies that I've never watched?" Of course, this one was supposed to come out. Justice League did come out before Black Panther, um, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't do justice to Cyborg like this one does. This one sure. really gives uh, Cyborg his due. Um, the Shaquille O'Neal movie from 1997 still. I'd never seen it, so I uh-huh. made sure to go back and rewatch it. It's a silly movie, but it's a fun movie. It doesn't uh, deserve the, the the trash talking that people... Because, I mean, at that time, we didn't have any, like, great uh, superhero movies since Superman. I mean, but yeah. um, uh, Spawn and Steel came out the same year. It's weird, though, that 97, we had those two movies, big movies fe- featuring black superheroes. And then it kind of, like, died off. I mean, we, we did have um, we did have Hancock. Uh, we did have Blade. But for whatever reason, Marvel never, you know jumped on black panther like they they waited so long to do that yeah but uh so anyway still and um a bar which uh is a 1977 movie which is sometimes dubbed the first black superman which a bar is actually a great movie it's a it's a very low budget um exploitation movie about this uh doctor who uh moves into this white neighborhood and he faces all this racism and there's this uh this black activist he becomes friends with and then he ends up doing tests and 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 gives him basically the ability to be super strong to have mental abilities to make people do things and then also like you know he he uh, can take bullets or, or or whatever but um it's a it's an interesting movie because there's a lot of uh probably used uh without permission uh Martin Luther King speeches and stuff that are actual like clips of Martin Luther King um it's it's like a I was very surprised because I hadn't really heard of this movie. Um, it's 77, but it was actually a very good movie um, for, for, for the time and everything. I'm just kind of, uh, kind of blown away by it. But wow. um, I also just wanted to mention though, before Black Panther, we did have Blank Man in 94, sure. Meteor Man in, in 93. Of course, uh, that's the thing is that uh, the only black superhero movies were, were kind of like, jokes and then hancock kind of was kind of a a, a, a you know because it's a, it's it really it's a kind of a comedy superhero kind of movie but those all predated black panther um which this would have predated black panther but uh, yeah here it is years later <laughs> right on yeah it's a, it's an interesting history of those those movies and uh i mean it just kind of goes to show hollywood just 
not always making the best decisions really is what it comes down to. But hopefully we'll see more good stuff in the future. But I think I'm going to skip the finished puzzle. Obviously, we had a nice long conversation here (laughs) with uh, a lot of movies listed here. So why don't we just get into some closing thoughts? Chad, is there anything that we kind of didn't get to that you wanted to talk about as far as this movie is concerned? Just... You know, I, I, I really like this movie. I, I did. Um, I, I would call this movie a masterpiece. Um, I do not like it as much as Batman v Superman. Um, of course, Batman v Superman is my all-time favorite movie. Yeah. Um, and as far as ranking the Zack Snyder movies, this actually ranks fifth. Um, mm-hmm. But that is fifth of five masterpieces. So, um, you know, uh, don't, don't, don't think that just because it's not my favorite, uh, DC or my favorite Zack Snyder that I didn't just love, love, love it. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, I'm glad you loved it. And uh, I'm glad I loved it too, because as you know, I, you know, I like Zack Snyder. I'm not as big of a fan as you are, but I, uh, I enjoy a lot of his work, and uh, this is probably my second favorite after 300, um, you know, of his films, and yeah, I'm glad I liked it as much as I did. My my only, like, closing thought I wanted to, to mention is that this is a funny movie, um, you know, despite being so heavy and weighty and, and serious, it's also got a lot of great moments of humor in it, and I don't think it really is getting the credit for that because a big part of the story is how, oh, the the Joss Whedon version is just throw in all these dumb jokes. And so here we're getting a restored serious arc for all the characters and everything. But there's still a lot of good humor in this as well. One really laugh out loud moment for me is when the uh, the the police sketch artist shows the uh the you know what did what did the uh, witness see and it's a like a picture of a demon like a drawn picture of a demon i laughed out loud at that moment it was freaking hilarious and you know there's there's some really good laughs in this and so and i i just think that um you know the last thing i want to mention is i made plenty of jokes just like everybody else about the four-hour runtime of this uh going into it and it flies by and I, I'm so surprised by that. And that, that just kind of goes to show that this really is, um, something special. And I, you know, people are going to, uh, trash talk it all they want. You know, it's kind of a monstrosity the way it all kind of came together. So it's to be expected, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm as glad as you that it turned out the way it did. And that for the most part, people are, uh, responding well to it. The 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 timing on the on the movie and the scenes is is so well done. It's edited so well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's funny, but it's not corny and hammy. That was the thing. Is yeah. the it, this contains all of the good moments of that Joss Whedon, which shows you the good moments and why I liked that version were the Zack Snyder moments. The the sure. parts that yeah. were that were corny and hammy and cringy that was all josh uh and um that's not here um the there there is uh, still the the flash he he is such a likable lovable fun character um i can't wait for his film i i just wanted to say also though the 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 voiceover for me for uh 
uh, Silas uh, at the end on the tape recorder um, mm-hmm. is so good, and uh, and it just basically speaks to what the film is about and how it came to be at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. The it, it's time you stand, fight, to discover, heal, love, win. The time is now. That's how he ends it. Um, I just really, really love that. A couple of other quick things is uh, I I actually I still need to go back to see this, but evidently, 15 minutes in is uh, Zack Snyder's cameo. Uh, he always is somewhere in his movies, some some way, somehow. Um, evidently, when uh, Lois goes into the when she's leaving the coffee shop, I you thought see a I saw him. Of, yeah, you see a glimpse of him. I I knew that was coming, and I still, for some reason, I didn't see it, and I've watched it twice now. And I was like, wait, I still didn't see it. But uh, <laughs> there's just so much to take in and with yeah. this movie. But uh, and then I was gonna go back and specifically look for that, and then I was like, eh. The other thing was uh, Superman. Um, you know when he. Uh, this is about three hours in when him and Lois uh, go back to Smallville. Um, she gives him the plaid shirt to put on. Of course, uh, the original Superman movie, uh, before he leaves Smallville and actually goes off to become Superman, he basically has a, a talk with Martha. And it's very reminiscent of that scene with him and right. Lois. And then Martha comes in um, and it's the three of them. Um, and that, that, that part is just so, so, so sweet. And then right after that is when, uh, Batman, of course, is, uh, saying that, you know, something darker might be coming, um, which of course, uh, we don't fully get and we don't fully know, but again, maybe Superman isn't 100% Superman. Um, yeah. Again, going back to Superman, the movie, um, the cop that uh, Lois, uh, you know, goes and sees every day on their way. That's actually Jimmy Olsen from the original Superman and Supergirl. Oh, that's a nice uh, uh, movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Little Easter egg there. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I, I think the last thing to bring up is, you know, like you said earlier, you would have never believed in a million years that this would have ever even happened in the first place uh, the Snyder cut or you know some form of that actually happening do you think mm-hmm. there's any chance with the reception this has gotten if the flash movie does well that we might see more of this universe uh at this point i i i doubt it mm-hmm. <laughs> i i think in a way i think of uh, the ending that snack that i keep saying snack that zach put on here because he's a um, snack yeah <laughs> <laughs> um he had he attack he uh wait what's the the whole main thing uh <laughs> he, he a snack i i think that that scene with Joker and Batman and also the fact that uh, Deathstroke is there um, is kind of, uh, I feel like, closure for Snyder. And that's him saying that um, it's almost a, like what could have been, but here I'm kind of finished. I, 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 that's, that's kind of how I feel with it. Um, I, I feel like it's a redemption of... of uh, you know his his vision um because you know we see flash as we saw him in the 
Batman v Superman moment where he says Lois is the key. Yeah. Um, and we get Joker who, um, this is redemption for Jared Leto as Joker because so many people have turned him and thought that he's a joke. And now people are like, Oh, look at him. I see him as Joker. Um, and, and, and even I've, it's a redemption for, I feel Amber Heard. I mean, she's become a, a, a punching bag. And again, the reason why, uh, studios don't need to listen to, uh, everything that audiences says, sure, uh, yeah. because, uh, I'm all on board Amber Heard as his character. Um, but no, I, I kind of feel like that I think Zach is kind of okay with wrapping this up and, and moving on, but, mm -hmm. uh, I think he would be open to, to coming back and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we have him, you know, actually produce like he was supposed to some other DC movies, but who knows? Uh, no. at this point, I just, I doubt it. Um, but never, I, I, never money, money, chat. money's the key to everything. Um, That's right. and Warner brothers doesn't know what they're doing and who knows, we might all of a sudden get the Batman Deathstroke movie, uh, after this with Ben Affleck. No idea. Literally anything is possible. The Warner Brothers has no idea, so how can we? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I think we did Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, a little bit justice. of justice here. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so, Chad, do you have another movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Pulling up my letterbox here. Uh, if anybody wants to follow me on there, it's uh, Polly Staffel, P-O-L-L-Y-S-T-A-F-F-L-E. Um, Being economical here, getting the plug in with <laughs> the recommendation. I like it. Um, it's the, the movie Me You Madness. Um, which there's kind of, uh, some echoes of, uh, promising young woman in, in a way, in a way, um, it's, it's more, um, American psycho, uh, meets showgirls. It's a bad shit, crazy movie. Nice. Uh, it's, uh, uh, Louise Linton. Uh, she wrote stars directed, um, which she's the one that played, uh, deputy, uh, Winston in the cabin fever uh, remake. Uh, okay. But uh, she she's great in this. Uh, I mean, it's a very on-the-nose American Psycho. I mean, I believe the character even specifically states that. Because she does a lot of talking to the camera and stuff. Um, she is a, a, a crazy uh, person that likes to uh, kill people. And she will set people up. So she sets this guy up who he thinks he's setting her up because she's this rich lady, lives in this mansion. So she's going to rent a room to him. He shows up. He's like, oh, this lady's rich. Oh, I'm going to rob her blind. And her intention is to kill him. And they fall in love. Uh, <laughs> so, and then and then they get into a fight. And then there's like a weird like song and dance numbers. It's kind of La 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 Man. La La Land meets Showgirls meets American Psycho. Um, it's a very strange, but... At the same time, I, I would say a masterpiece. But um, it's just some echoes of uh, a promising young woman uh, okay. in some regards. Very cool. Well, I, I'm looking forward to checking that out. It sounds nuts, and uh, I like nuts. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, it's definitely great. Chad, I don't think my original plan for a super episode for this movie would have really worked because obviously... You had a lot to say, and uh, and as as our resident DC super fan and Zack Snyder super fan, I'm glad we were able to do this one with you. 
Uh, thanks as always for being here, and I look forward to seeing what we end up covering next time. Well, this is definitely the the condensed version. Uh, so maybe we'll do the the, frame, the Freeman cut someday here. I look uh, forward to that. <laughs> Hey, I'm Josh Bell. I'm Jason Harris. Hey, Josh, we're friends in real life, but we're also co-hosts on this new podcast called Awesome Movie Year, where we take a look back at an awesome year for movies and do a deep dive looking at movies, including the best picture winner, the biggest movie at the box office, future cult classics, and more. Including the biggest flop. And this season, we're doing 1994. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. We're all over the web as well. Got Awesome Movie Year on all the socials and awesome moviyear.com so please like us subscribe and uh, if you do like us give us a five star rating because we love you all right so i hope you enjoyed that conversation about Zack snyder's justice league i i can't believe it finally happened i'm excited and uh yeah as you heard in that conversation i really enjoyed it chad was happy uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed our conversation. If you like what you hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. You know, you could get in touch on social media at PiecingPod. Let me know if, if we missed any major puzzle pieces that you think we should have talked about. I mean, with Chad's list, it's kind of hard to have missed anything. But if there's something major, uh, let us know. I actually thought after the conversation about including Army of Darkness as a puzzle piece, I bring up Evil Dead all the time on this damn show. But, um, you know, the whole post-apocalyptic ending, you know, it would have fit. Uh, but do we miss anything? Let me know. Get in touch at PiecingPod or join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And if you really like the show, we would love it if you went and rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Five stars would be wonderful, but really we just want to know what you think. So leave a nice, honest review and let us know. I uh, really appreciate all the feedback. And other than that, just make sure you're subscribed. If you really like it, share. Don't forget about that Patreon I mentioned at the top of the show, produced by David Rosen. Lots of great content there. And the more subscribers we get, the more content we're going to make for it. So check out that Patreon. And with that said, let's close this thing out with a piece of music like I always do here on Piecing It Together. And this being a pretty major episode, I figured I would end it with a preview of a new track that will end up on my next album, which I'm not quite ready to announce when that's going to be or what the album is titled. I'm not even going to tell you the name of this track uh, because it's not 100% done yet, although it's pretty close to finish this one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoy this piece of music. I hope you enjoy it. It's, it's one of the pieces I started while working on my last album, David Rosen, which is available now on Spotify, iTunes, all the digital music services. This next album I'm working on, lots of great music on that too. The reason I picked this one to play for you is because it's got, uh, it's got some elements to it that... That there's a, kind of a running thing throughout Zack Snyder's Justice League where pretty much every time Wonder Woman is on screen, uh, the subtitles say ancient lamentation music playing, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, there's some ancient lamentation going on within this track. So I thought this would be a good one to close it out on. So enjoy that and uh, look forward to the new album coming sometime not too soon. It'll probably be at least a few months away, but uh, definitely news on the new album will be coming very soon. And more Piecing It Together will, of course, be coming. 
even sooner than that coming up this week. So enjoy this track and stay tuned for more Piecing It Together and more music. West Production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas. <laughs> 